Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 7 today. We'll be looking at chap- uh, verses 1 through 6. McGee calls this a really uh, important section of the Bible. It's, a, it's, a, in, it's an important section of Romans. It's a section that he says a lot of people uh, over, the, over time have uh, uh, it's generated a lot of argument and controversy, and people have misunderstood it. Um, it has to do with being released from the law. Now, he says it's best to understand that it's, we, we kind of take it in context that this whole section of Romans, he's been talking about, uh, just even back in chapter five, death in Adam and alive in Christ. God has a simple message, you know, trust in God. The promise that we have is realized through faith. We have peace through God with faith. And um, uh, before we had this faith, it comes with Christ. We were all dead in sin. We were dead in sin, but now we can be alive in uh, uh, in Christ, alive to God. And uh, just as we were bound by the law, so to speak, he's now saying we're bound by righteousness. Uh, if you take it, um, some you know, some translations would be slaves to sin, now slaves to righteousness, or being bound to sin, being bound to righteousness. That's what holds you up. And so, um, um, as we are um, looking at all this, he, uh, Paul, uh, he's giving now sort of a hypothetical uh, example now so chapter 7 starts off as an example that, that folks can understand by all of these big theological concepts. And so he brings marriage into it. So McGee says over, over um, time, people have sort of looked at this as an example of Paul giving marital instructions no, he's not. He's not giving, well, as McGee says, he's, he's not giving marital instructions as he is giving a, this hypothetical uh, example of marriage as it plays out being, you know, either bound to the old law or being bound to um, 
righteousness in Christ. And so this uh, example that we're going to read is about a married woman. And that kind of corresponds to us as believers. And her first husband that she's married to, and the first husband is sort of our old nature under Adam. And it goes back because Paul was just talking about um, sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and then sin is defeated, and then life comes into the world through one man in Christ. So so he's just now, uh, I mean, he's Paul's been giving this whole uh, thing about, you know, death comes through and sin comes through one man, Adam, and then there's a new Adam, and that's Christ. So now he's given the same thing. There's a marriage. There's a first husband, and and it goes right back, being very consistent. The first husband is Adam. It's our old nature. But he's sort of he's 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 talking about marriage, but he's not. He's talking about marriage in terms of being married to our old nature. So this is a symbolic uh, bit of. Uh, He's he's putting the he's putting these this theology into into an example. It's not like something you're supposed to do with marriage. He's just he's just putting it as if it was a marriage, so you can understand it. So we the believers are married to an old nature. That's our our old nature under Adam. And so he says, so let me start uh, verse 1, or do you not know, brothers? Now, it's, in other words, don't you know, um, he, that, that's sort of saying, or do you not know, it's sort of a, a something that we would sort of say rhetorically, don't you know, or don't you realize? He says, that, for I'm speaking to those who know the law. So he's saying, you know, all these people who are sticklers on the law, He's putting an example about the law in marriage for these guys to try to understand it, okay? So he says, you know, or don't you know, brothers, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. Verse 2, for a married woman is bound by her by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. So, uh, this is going back to Deuteronomy. And so, the married woman, again, us the believer, and bound by the law to her husband. This is the old nature. But she, he's sort of putting it in terms of, you know, something we can understand. You know, if a woman is, you know, married to a fellow and the fellow dies, she's no longer married, right? Okay, she's released from the marriage, just like the believer is released from this old law if the old law law dies, just like if it was a marriage. Verse 3, Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she's freed from the law. And if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. So in other words, if, you know, if the first husband, the old nature, uh, is still alive, okay, she's bound by the law. So if she um, if she lives with another man, she is, um, you know, 
condemned by that law under the old nature. But if that first husband dies and she marries another man, in other words, the, the new husband is the new, the new marriage is the new man of Christ. Just like we have the first man is Adam that brings in, you know, death. We have a new husband, a new man who brings life. And this new marriage is what she's bound to. So she's bound to a new husband, not the old husband. Paul's trying to to get these, you know, legal people to understand that it's like a marriage. And when the first husband passes, there's no more binding in the marriage. The marriage is over. It doesn't mean she wasn't married at one time, but the new husband is who she's devoted to at this point. So he says, verse 4, Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead. So as my study Bible says, you know, um, He's saying this is a principle. Uh, believers died of the law through the death of Christ. And the, the, my study Bible says the analogy doesn't match perfectly, but the application is very clear. So you die to the law through Christ so you may belong to another, to him who's been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Verse 5 for while we were believing in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in members to bear fruit for death. But now we're released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So this is really important. This has to do with this, this principle of being released from the law. So, death in Christ, the gospel message. Can you imagine how hard it was for these guys to, to get this in their heads because they spent their whole life trying to follow a law that, that essentially gets them nowhere? And they can't see that the law condemns them to death. And even my study Bible says that um, even though contemporary Judaism feels like this law brings life, they don't understand that they're condemned under it because they can't keep it. And so um, these fellows, you know, Paul is very logically telling them that, you know, he's been telling them or, you know, so far, you can't keep this law. This law brings death. But there's a new Adam. There's a new creation. There's a new marriage. The old man has gone away. The old law has, has, uh, that, that leads nowhere, that leads to death, is, um, some people want to still be under it, but there's a new law. There's a new marriage. There's a new life. And so you have to put the old law to death. You have to put the old person to death. 
You have to die to your sin. You have to put the sin to death. You have to put the, you die so you're no longer bound by that old law. That old law is still there. We're not negating that old law, but you're dying to it. You're, you're dying to the law through Christ because Christ takes your sin and pays the penalty for uh, our sin under that law. So that now we bear fruit, living fruit, not dead fruit, under the law. So, very, very um, powerful section here in just six verses. Uh, we have such powerful comfort, I think, or encouragement that we can live and not live under fear every time we make a mistake. And we do something that we regret or we make some type of, uh, you know, we're, we're still people who make mistakes. But now we don't have to live under this law. We can live under grace that comes from a new life, a new marriage. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. And today for me is extra special because Matali's been away for a while. She's now, uh, I believe, she'll be uh, 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 recording back on the podcast. So we'll welcome her back today. And again, from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time here tomorrow, and we'll continue our study through Romans. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. Good to be back. And, you know, after a long break, um, medical break, but now I'm back. And I was listening in, in the background. I couldn't just record. But it's good to be back. And today's teaching is coming from Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 6. So this chapter, Dr. J.V. McGee has labeled powerless sanctification. The theme of sanctification actually began in chapter 5 with the last part uh, where we had potential sanctification and then we saw positional sanctification. That is, we are in the resurrected Christ and we are to reckon on him and on that basis, we are to present ourselves to him because you and I can't live the Christian life by ourselves. So we're going to see a lot of um, this particular phrase. Um, we are resurrected. Uh, we died in Christ. We are resurrected with him and we are to actually depend on him. So Christ wants to live the Christian life through us. You know, Christianity is a person. It's not a religion, it's a person, and that's um, the person of Jesus Christ. So he wants to live the Christian life through us, and that's the only way the Christian life can actually produce fruit. And it can actually be, you know, proclaimed, and, you know, we can live the Christian life. So the believer cannot produce sanctification in their life by actually depending on the desire of the new nature so you know from the old nature when we get born again and we have a new nature um just because we desire to actually live that life in the new nature we cannot do it on our own 
So we should present ourselves to him and recognize that we are joined to the living Christ um, who died for us on the cross. So in this chapter, we have the shackles of a saved soul. So, you know, we still are in bondage until we actually um, allow Christ to live through us until we depend on him. So scripture reads verse one. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that's the Mosaic law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. So when Paul says, do you not know, he actually is simply saying, are you that ignorant? And he is speaking to those who know the law, the Mosaic law, and he's saying the law has dominion over the man as long as he lives so the law had um you know over a millennium years um you know it it had dominated actually um over like a thousand years a millennium years um over the peculiar people of the nation israel and by peculiar it means you know God had chosen those people and it was, um, you know, where they lived, uh, it was a favorable land, a favorable and adapted, adaptable, um, land. That's where they were given the land that that's the promised land that they were given, you know, somewhere where it's favorable and adaptable, you know, where they don't have to actually give an excuse as in, you know, the land is not good and all. And, um, it was actually favorable and adaptable for, to help them to keep the law. But the law was given to both the people and the land. And these people were never able to actually keep the law. That's just our nature. We cannot abide by the law. And the law actually condemned them. Verse 2 goes on to read. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So here in this verse, Paul here, he is not talking about marriage and divorce he's not giving instruction on marriage and divorce he he's giving an illustration that you and i are not under the law and that's under the mosaic law so we'll come later to you know scripture where paul will actually be given instructions on marriage and divorce so here scripture says if her husband is dead she is no longer married to him but as long as he lives she is actually bound to him Verse 3 goes on to read, So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. So here, you know, under the law is um, a man or a woman, sorry, under the law, sorry, yeah, if a man and a woman, if a man or a woman, Sorry, let me just read that again. So under the law, if a man or a woman wasn't faithful in marriage, under the law, um, let me just read scripture, what it actually states. That's Deuteronomy 22, 22. It reads, if a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then both of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall put away the evil from Israel. So this is what the law did. And this is what happened under the Mosaic law. So everyone was stoned to death and they died. 
So Paul here is talking about the believer and the Christian life and not about marriage and divorce. The instructions. He's not giving instructions about marriage and divorce. He's giving an illustration. That's what happened under the law. So the people failed to keep the law and the law condemned them. Verse 4 goes on to read, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who has raised, who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So the second husband for the believer is Christ. And uh, we are now joined to the living Christ and not to the law. So the law is dead. So the wife represents the believer in Christ. And the second husband represents Christ. So we are joined to him. So who is the first husband in this particular case? There's been so many, um, you know, um, expositors who have actually given so many different versions. So the old state before conversion to Christianity. That's the old Adamic nature. That's the first husband, right? So the law was given to control the old Adamic nature. But it failed in doing so through the infirmity of the flesh. So the law kept the nation Israel enslaved because it demands um it's it, it demand its demands had to be met and it was an administration of condemnation so the first husband is adam because you know we stem from adam the sin of adam condemned all of us so the first husband is adam and we are no longer joined to him we are now joined to the living Christ. And, you know, we died with him. We have been raised with him. And he is the second husband who enables us to bear fruit. So we know Christ no longer after the flesh. It's the resurrected Christ that we are actually joined to. And if we read Second Corinthians 5.17, it reads... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, if we are joined to Christ, we are in the new creation. So, we are now joined to Christ because our old husband passed away. Our old nature passed away. So, we are joined to, um, you know, our new nature. We are now joined to Christ if we reckon with him. That's the only way we can live the Christian life. So we are joined to Christ and the Christian life is to please God. Verse 5 goes on to read. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit and to bear fruit to death. So we have not been able to keep the law in the as it is the administration of condemnation. So the flesh had no capacity to follow the law. The nation Israel, um, because the law was given to the nation Israel and to the land as well, and they were unable to follow it, and it enslaved them for over a millennium. Verse 6 goes on to read, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the latter so we are joined to the living christ like i said we'll keep saying we are joined to the living christ that's what this is about and we are to bring 
fourth fruit. So we are dead to the law. We are to serve him. And not on the basis of we ought to serve him. Like, oh, it's a chore and all. Uh, we ought to do this. But we are to delight um, in doing so. You know, we ought to have free will. Where we say, I want to please Christ. And I am joined to him. So we are to actually serve Christ as we love him. So the only way we can serve Christ is if we love him. So yeah, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you all like picked up a thing or two about the love of Christ and how we are saved just by his grace and you know unmerited favor, not because you know we are chosen or we are we are something special. And uh, yeah, so this is our teaching for today. It's great to be back. Thank you all. Have a pleasant day. God bless you all. Bye-bye.